0: What's up, brother? Can you
1: hear me? Uh, I can hear you well, yeah. Perfect.
0: Right on. Sounds good. Now we just got to wait for Rob. How you doing over there in uh, all England?
1: I'm good, brother. How's yourself?
0: Not bad, not bad. Just cracking my first drink of the day. I got a a little bit of a Gatsby soiree to go to later. Oh, Rob, what's going on?
2: What's up,
1: boys? What's up, Rob?
0: All right. Can everybody hear everybody? Yep. All right, so the feds aren't cracking in anymore. Sweet. What's <laughs> up, everybody? Welcome to White House. Uh We're being shut down by the feds, so this <laughs> might be the last you get to hear. We were like 17 minutes into our, our previous recording, and I don't know, shit just
2: went haywire. So
0: we're going to try this a second time. Uh, Rob, you want to lead us off with your uh, shout-outs?
2: Uh, yeah, let me give a shout-out to the Mob King, Omerita Social Club, I Thing Apparel, Prison Tales Network, uh, Classic Gang Society, NCS. That's
0: it. David, you want to give us next?
1: Yeah, I'll go. Um, give a big shout out to National Crime Syndicate, uh, Mob Dub Inc., and Dame Diller, who's just signed. Uh, I think his first deal with Sony Music. things over on Instagram. Um, there's also a, a, a Bad Guy Podcast. Um, yeah, big up Ciro DiPaggio from King. uh, and we've got gangster profiles as well. I nearly forgot those, but also want to give a big shout out to a new contact of mine. He's a former correctional officer, uh, over in California who basically whistleblowed on what was known as the green wall, uh, a gang of prison guards that, were basically creating organized crime behind the walls of prison. But his story is about one man's battle against the system. And I mean, it's an incredible, incredible story. And hopefully I'm going to get to interview him soon for National Crime Syndicate, so everyone will get to hear about it.
0: Right on, right on. I'm going to give a third shout out to uh, the Mob King, Sir Apaggio. Shout out to Arthur and Clothing Apparel. Uh, big shout out to all the guys out there on Facebook, Twitter, uh youtube at, you know all my supporters everywhere all my all my friends that you know knew me in school that like subscribe and follow now appreciate you guys a lot uh i also want to give a big shout out to my metro detroit boys the 392 brothers mobile mechanics um they're i mean obviously it's in the name mobile mechanics they'll they'll come to you and i mean the whatever you need done they can do you can get a hold of them at 313-974-2222 you can just ask for alex and uh they're good people. I fucks with them. So that's 392 Brothers with a Z, Mobile Mechanics. And again, that number is 313-974-2222. All right. So last week we went through Carlo Gambino's early stages in the mob. Uh, he was born August 24th, 1902. He, I mean, he really started in organized crime as young as 10, from what some people said. And eventually he comes over here in 1921 when he's around 21, 22, and he links up with the Castellanos, who are his mother's first cousins. And he rises to power, and we got to about where Albert Anastasia is gunned down at the Park Sheridan Hotel Barbershop um, on October, I think, 25th, 1957. And uh, Carmine Persco, Joey Gallo, Larry Gallo kill Albert Anastasia, as legend has it. And then Carlo takes over, and Robert, David, you guys want to take us from there?
2: Go up Rob. Yeah, like we said last week, we were about to uh, the beginning and. In- up until where he became boss after conspiring with Genovese to take over the family. So Carlo is now the boss of what was the Albany Anastasia family and Genovese now has control of the Luciano crime family. But uh, as we know, Don Carlo, after he took over, he appointed Joe. Biondo.
1: Biondo. Biondo, Biondo. Joe the Blonde. (laughs)
2: I can't say that right yeah he chose him as his underboss and uh as we know years later about uh 1965 Gambino replaced him with Neil Delacroix
0: who was initially an Anastasia supporter uh which is funny because like I said I'm always giving Neil credit for how well he supported the life because I mean he he really did like he didn't like any boss after Anastasia really but he fell in line you know what I mean like he was like, well, I mean, that's that's my boss. That's who I answer to. That's who you know. It doesn't mean you want to answer to him. It doesn't. he doesn't even mean you might like him. It just means that they were chosen above you in the commission's eyes, and the commission is what counts in this motherfucker. So. <laughs> do
1: you think that's why Carlo made him underboss? Um, because he was more, he was worried about him. So obviously, you you keep people like that close to you, didn't you?
0: I mean, that's a that's a really good way to to think about it. I mean, I would definitely think. Carlo would also want that muscle. I don't know. Rob, what, what's your thoughts on it?
2: Rob, did we lose you again? Like he knew Della crow had.
0: Rob, you gotta find somewhere else to sit, bro. We're not we're not getting you out. You're coming in and coming in and out. I'm not gonna shut off the recording. It is what it is. You fucking you'll listen through it. What's up? Yeah. I can hear you now.
1: Yep, perfect.
0: Do you wanna, yeah, I mean, What was your thoughts on why uh, Gambino made uh, okay. Delacroach underboss? Uh, D- David uh, David was just saying how he thought, you know, you keep you know you keep your friends close, but you keep your enemies closer. So you kind of you know. And then I also thought about Delacroach when he was made underboss, was a vicious motherfucker. He was like really really good enforcement <laughs> for mm-hmm. for Carlos. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it was you know the respect that he had from everybody. So that's one of the reasons Kyle probably appointed him, um, you know, like you said. yeah. So kind of no, it was um, really smart. I don't know what it is, but I mean, it was that's a very great smart. choice. Do you opinion. guys
0: think that if, uh, if he'd have kept Joe Bonando uh, as his underboss and then still passed away when he passed away and had Joe the blonde lived – do you think it would have went to him or do you think he would have been passed up too for Castellano? How do you guys feel about that? Let's get, let's get a little hypothetical with it.
1: Well, I, I, uh, when, uh, Castellano was made boss, uh, Delacoccio was in prison anyway. He was in prison doing a, I think, serving 12 months for uh, tax evasion fraud or something, or sorry, tax evasion. So, but on the buildup, 1971, 1972, 1973, he was very much under the spotlight of the INS. So would he have been the choice to have been boss with that much heat on him? I don't know. And perhaps that's why he was overlooked, so to speak, and the job went to Castellano for real rather than rather than Delacroce. That that's how I see
0: it. You, uh, your guys's theory last week on neil passing it up i i never really yeah. thought about that until now you know the, the i mean the gotti movie in 96 and pretty much pretty much everything you're fed about delacroche makes it seem like he was very bitter about it but like the way you guys put it, is may- maybe he wasn't maybe it was just gotti who was bitter like bitter i mean bitter for maybe his own selfish reasons or even on neil's behalf genuinely caring about him thinking that he got overlooked but maybe neil is like no i'm good you know what i mean like look at this life right now look at all the bosses where are they they're all in the fucking the news every night. That's mm-hmm. all you see is the losses. they like, I mean, like he, I mean, he, he knew, I think Neil knew the future really well for organized crime. I don't think he liked it, but I think he accepted it. Cause like you, you were saying too, in our last recording is, uh, our Rob was saying that there's recordings of him trying to cool Gotti down on his deathbed. You were saying that, right, Rob, that like, he, like Gotti was talking about taking over, and he's Neil Delacroix is dying and telling Gotti not to.
2: Yeah. Yeah, anybody that, anybody that came in to um, to see Nail pay their respects. They you were need to send like, me
0: that link. I don't know if I've like, ever heard those particular his tapes.
2: bedroom, I believe it was. That'd be a good
0: look. What's up? Yeah, oh, I'm sure has, I've seen those then, but is there has, like a, a there long a series of tapes? Because you know those documentaries, they they pick and choose. I mean, they do a great job, don't get me wrong, but it's sometimes I feel like they take – because they, they'll take things out of order and they'll play them out of order. And I feel like if you don't dig into it like we do, you, you get kind of a different image of, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't think I don't think I ever heard the actual uh, recordings, but on um, the episode of FBI Files, when they talk okay. about it, yeah, um, they kind of. They reenact it, I believe.
0: They probably play some of it while reenacting it. Well, I mean, play, that's just how you make one of, of those I things. Which we'll we'll, we'll make one soon, boys. Don't worry. Dave, don't worry. We'll come to you. We know you're not allowed in America.
1: <laughs> Stupid rule. It's,
0: it's, it's a really dumb rule. I don't like it. I don't care for it. I mean, we should uh, send our <laughs>
1: criminals in. <there. laughs> <laughs> it's a long time yes. ago, obviously.
0: No, Now we ship them to you, bro. Now we're like, you can go you to I, I
1: would settle in all right over there. It's gorgeous over there. So what are your views on um, So, then, Rob? What do you think that uh, he was overlooked for that job or?
2: That's, that's a good question. It's a question I already had. Why wasn't he chosen? Um, you know, there's rumors that Gambino thought um, the commission accepted him, didn't they? That Paul Castellano was a better fit. Um, you know, so I, I'd love to know the reason. Yeah, they they accepted him, but you know what I think it was too, also is when that was when when he took over the family was when him and Genovese conspired to take over. Genovese wanted control of the Luciano family, and Gambino made a deal with them to get control of the Anastasia family, which was formerly known as the Mangano mm-hmm. family. So once they took over, they basically controlled the, the commission. So I think they would have accepted him, but I wonder if they also well, didn't the, have the, a the Castellanos. Castellanos. I mean,
1: the it, Castellanos it go was, back but I can see further than probably Gambino probably in America, like don't they? He when he come over in the early nineteen twenties, he lived with the Castellanos. I think they were his second cousins, cousins, because um, they were big in the truck industry, weren't they, Ian? I think it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, they uh, they had the first, uh, they, they uh, not the first, but they they had like uh, yeah. a, a huge trucking enterprise. The Castellanos came over here in like late 1800s, I'm pretty sure, like right at the turn of the century. So by the time Carlo gets here in 1921, 1922, I mean they're fucking set up already. They got mm. they got a trucking corporation. I mean they're they're doing good. They're making like legitimate money. But the also, I mean, when you run a trucking corporation, you can truck whatever. But they you were want big around.
1: in Sicily as well, weren't they, the Castellanos? They were quite they they were quite a big family in Sicily as well. Um, and obviously hence why, um, Carlo was uh, a real man of honor at such an early age at 19. So, I mean, we're not talking about. A family that's appeared from nowhere. We're talking about a family that's got culture and history of La Cosa Nostra, let alone Costa. Uh, sorry, Costa Nostra, let alone La Cosa Nostra in America. Um, so, for me, I, 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 I'm not sure. I don't know. Would was it something that was prearranged when Gambino come over back in the 1920s, and that there was a plan for Gambino to take over? That's something I'd be interested to hear from you, Rob. If you think that when Gambino come over, he come over... Not, I mean, obviously, the Mafia didn't exist as such then, but he come over with a view of being boss, being in control of whatever was here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's possible... Uh, the reason he chose New York, obviously, was because of his uh, connections through Castellano and them. Um, but when... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he was yeah, he was doing hits in,
0: by 16, 17 Sicily, uh, for like well-known, well-known high-ranking uh, organized crime members of Cosa Nostra in, in Sicily. He was, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was their go-to boy, man. He was like, Carlo, Carlo here, he gets like this image of being super calm and super, and he always was kind of super calm, had a kind of calm demeanor about him. But I mean, he, he probably had a half a dozen bodies, dozen bodies before he stepped foot off a boat into Virginia. I would say I would bet, with the way Sicily handles their business, shit, mm. probably too does.
1: And I think as well, I, I think that um, the ruthlessness of the man, Carlo Gambino, how ruthless he was, is no better evidence than setting up, not setting up, but getting in bed with Vito Genovese to take out Anastasia and for Vito to take over the Luciano family. But then, not long after Appellation, and I won't go on about Appalachian, <laughs> but not long after <laughs> Appellation, that Um, he's alleged to have been involved uh, with Luciano in setting up um, uh, the drug deal that Genovese was implicated in. uh, Nelson Cantaloupe, wasn't it? Um, That he was the Puerto Rican guy um, who reckoned that he was taken to a restaurant and shown Vito and Vito went, yep, all right, we'll do a deal with him, which I don't believe. But uh, that, I mean, to, to go from being a partner and then two years later, Jumping in with someone else to to if it's true, of course, to set up Vio Genovese. I mean, that's that's ruthless.
0: Oh yeah, man. Gambino uh, Gambino's the original Carmine, man. For me, like to me, like when I read up on like Carmine yeah. uh, the Snake Persico, I, like I mean, even though it's sort of similar eras, Car- uh, Gambino's a little older than him and get, comes to power a little sooner. I don't know. They just they always kind of like linked up as one and the same to me, like real. Why real like shake you know nod their head yeah shake your hand make you feel like loved and welcome and at the same time like one, once you leave their presence like you, you're a target like your life's in danger
2: <laughs> yeah I think maybe one of the reasons Gambino turned on him was because that too that could be true that's very true that's a good point Appalachia Appalachian meeting yeah, yeah, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. um. I, I, I suppose it, it, it depends
1: on what way you look at Appalachian itself, um, and and, <laughs> and what view you take of it, whether it was um, <laughs> down to Vio. I mean, as, but it is. I mean, it's it, it's kind of fact that Vito was going to have it in Chicago until um, uh, so Mag, Mag, Magadino suggested to have it in in, in Buffalo. So. Uh, it does seem a bit strange that that would have been selected considering what went on the year before and the following investigations that Edgar Crosswell was even gave evidence against the, the, the in the case against the four police officers sent down to to bribe out Carmine Galante. So for me, I mean, all of that kind of history makes Appalachian the worst place (laughs) ever to hold Mm -hmm. a meeting of that size. And, surely someone would have known and for me was it convenient or inconvenient uh, for <laughs> for Vito? that's that's uh, that's the way i see it that's the way
0: i see it the by david the true story of
1: it will do one day. Okay. I'll get to the bottom of it.
0: I was doing a plug for you, like, because the you know, outdoors and convenient truth. This is an no one... inconvenient truth. At, some well, at the <laughs> end of the
1: day, all, all anyone really has these days are theories, aren't they? So um, there's not many people now that can write facts and facts from the horse's mouth. Um, a lot of it now has to rely on the research that's available. Uh, uh, and even those that are kind of uh, uncovering themselves, it seems, from WITSEC uh And selling their stories to the highest bidder. Uh I mean, who are we to believe them as well? Do you know what I mean?
0: No, that there's are uh, they're some of last. Sorry, Rob. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, that... everybody mm. thought it was a bad idea to to do the to do the meeting there again. Like Dave was saying, they had they had it there the previous year, and they usually meet every four years, but you know, Genovese just wanted to consolidate his power and be recognized as boss. And it was a big, big mistake on his part. It's even alleged that... Well, uh, see, this, this is something
1: that I've... Because in, so in Valachi's be um, testimony to the... Again, it, 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 how we believe it, but in his testimony to the McLennan hearing, he actually says that wherever Maialanski had money invested, V O Genovese would also have money invested as well. And them two got on quite well. I don't know how true that is. And um, obviously, uh, my Lancey's grandson's about, so maybe it's something he knows. But um, it it does seem strange. I I don't know. Again, I I, I will say and and reiterate that Appalachian throws up more um, questions than it does answers
0: for me. Oh, I agree 100%. But I don't know. That's one of those ones where I think – like. Truth is just as strange, if not stranger, than fiction. Sometimes, sure. like Genevieve, really being that ballsy. Because I, I thought they got turned down in Chicago. I thought they did try to host it in Chicago, but Sam Giancana ran it past the, the real boss, Tony Arcado, and he he shut it down. But I don't I don't know how true that is. I know you believe different on the meeting, but I could have swore I read somewhere that like when it got passed through the Chicago Chicago higher ups, they were like, "No fucking way! Are you kidding me?" Like, they had enough heat. They didn't, they didn't need that. They didn't need that shit. And 57, by 57, the it's, Chicago yes. mobs got quite, quite a that's, bit of... fucking. They have, that's the on.
1: thing, though. That's why Chicago was the best possible place, because in 57, Chicago controlled the powerhouse of, 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 of authority. I mean, they had the police in their pocket. They had some of the FBI in their pocket. They had judges in their pocket. They had senators in their pocket. They that's controlled the, you know,
0: Chicago. Like this, didn't happen, though. That's they, because Arcado they... kept things like the comedian from happening in Chicago. That's why the task force worked with them, I think. It's because mm-hmm. Arcado ran Chicago like a well ran. Say, you don't have every fucking mob boss from every fucking. No way. Not here. Not happening. And like, because like, I did the city just can't look the other way. And then like with Buffalo, I think they just, I really do think they just got lucky. It was just some fucking dumb hick black and whites and. Nah, no, no,
1: they
0: just don't. Too, you know, too clean, too clean, guy. You don't like that it? It
1: is way too clean, way too clean. There's more to it than that. There's more to it,
0: David. It's 57, bro. Life's not that complicated. Let it go. Let it go. It's 1957. The Twilight Zone is blowing people's minds right now. Like, it's not that. It's not even out yet. I'm wrong. The Twilight Zone isn't even out yet. You see what I'm saying? Like, life is really, really simple.
1: You started me on Apple no. I, I, I was quite happy to just you walk straight past the place, <laughs> jump in a cab, get on the <laughs> bus, whatever, and leave it in the rear view
0: mirror. But I don't know. you hopped in a
2: cab and went to Apple
0: all on. Nobody took <laughs> it. Anyhow, back to Gambino. He, yeah. he links up with Genovese, and then one of you can take us from there. Talk about him getting into, like, the garment industry or whatever. I mean, I can yeah, do it, but, like, I mean, this.
2: Well, it, you know, one of the ways he got into the garment industry, if he wasn't in it already, was when he uh arranged yeah, the marriage between enough. his daughter <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's Tommy son. Lucchese's daughter. Oh, yeah, that was smart. And then, yeah, because as a – yeah, because as a gift at at the wedding, I mean it it was a uh, huge wedding too. But at the wedding in, uh, uh, in Anastasia Gambino had given um, Tommy Lucchese thirty thousand dollars cash as a you know as a wedding gift, and um, <laughs> Tommy Lucchese ended up giving him part of his rackets at the Gambino. The the that so it, was
1: Lufthansa as well, wasn't it? He, he, he gave him part no, that of the Lufthansa as scam as well.
0: That was just Jimmy Burke's crew on, like, principle. They just, they just kind of knew that, like, Paul Vario was super, I don't know, like, and, and Tommy Lucchese's good graces, I guess, because, like, Paul Vario could do a, a lot for a captain. From everything I've read, like, he, I mean, he controlled a lot for a single captain uh-huh. to me and anything I've ever looked up. And so, like, the, the crew just kind of knew that like we ripped off the biggest it wasn't supposed to be that much money that's what i always say about the latanza heist too is like i can't imagine jimmy burke when he's actually told somebody calls him all frantic he's he's in a halfway house when that happens in real life and i'm sure he gets a phone call or something and they're like it's like fucking six million dollars jimmy and they're like and he's like well how, how much And they're, he's like six He's like you guys took all of it and he's like yeah fuck all right um all right lay low. i'm gonna get out tomorrow i'm gonna come and guys are already gives him a little bit of fucking just a little bit of money and they just start spending it mm-hmm. <laughs> Best and worst robbery. Actually, now that
2: I now that, now that I think about it, I think I'm mistaken. I don't think it was the garment industry uh, that Lucchese gave Gambino. Um, Idlewild. Idlewild, it was the Inglewood Airport yeah
0: I'm, so in, I no, you're one. good Ingle, inglewood's uh on in yeah. in la it's, it, it's a real thing you know, were it just games, it so. just flipped. i do that shit all the time i'm always like yeah i don't, uh, inglewood airport and i'm like no it's Idlewild, and it becomes jfk and uh but look like, it wasn't i thought
1: the case he was um was in the garment in his journey Rob, at that time and i'm I no, think yeah he, he was. was slightly right i mean yeah because it did pass because that's cause yeah, you had bananas were there, were not i you had um well, I mean, they exactly. they virtually they they were all in the garment industry at one stage, you know, apart from Genovese, I think. But um, yeah, I think. Sorry, mate. Go on.
2: Yeah, that's. Oh, I said that's why I um, was thinking it was the guy. Well, when industry, they, put, they, they put their there, shares but... together. Rob is what they did. basically. Yeah, they did.
0: Grew, that's
1: how it grew so quick, didn't it? Because they got to, and then, yeah. and then obviously the Colombos um, after Colombo. Um, went to the commission about um, taking out Gambino and Lucchese. Uh, obviously, he he would have been in with them as well. And I think Colombo's had quite a a, a hefty lump of the garment industry as well, didn't they?
0: They are. Uh, they kind of they they like a small percentage from everything I've looked yeah. into. Like Lucchese and Gambino really dominated like fifty to like sixty percent of that industry for a stretch. Genovese mm. obviously had their hands in everything. They're the Ivy League of the families. Columbo's, uh, they started cutting them in on, I think, both JFK and uh, the garment industry for him, like, telling them about the hit. So I think it was like you get, like, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I don't think they had it. I don't, I don't know for sure, though. But just from everything I've read, and I'm more of a Gambino-Lucchese family, like, historian guy. Like, I don't know as much on the Columbo's, so I can't say. But everything's kind of written from a, a biased standpoint. Everything's written from the guys who lived in— the life in that family. So they're always mm-hmm. going to build that family up. It's kind of really hard to tell, but I do believe that uh, Lucchese and Gambino really were holding down the uh, Idlewild airport hijackings and uh, and the garment industry for, I mean, I, I'd say at least a decade together. Yeah, in
2: 1963, I was early 1960s, Joe Bonanno attempted to uh, take out Carlo Gambino, Tommy Lucchese in order to take out take over the commission. Um and he knew that both of them had to go in order to do it.
1: He got um he he went after um that's because it was Joe Colombo they they offered the contract so he went out and he went straight to the the um what's his name the commission. The Colombo family.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's how Colombo ended up being a uh, the boss of the family; they rewarded him. It was with a
1: very, that. very smart move. Become Hell a of
0: boss. a reward for a captain, too.
2: Yeah, I wonder if it wasn't for that I, I, I think he could have. Would have pulled it off or
1: not. I don't think Banana; he, he lost respect quite early on, really, didn't also, he? I think yeah. um, I, I'm not sure why as much, but um he, he, I don't know, he just seems to be the also ran Joe Binano. Whenever you think that Joe Bonano, I just see him on the outs, outs outside of the, the main guys. It's just I don't know, he just I can never take him serious.
0: No, he's a he, he's a clown to me as well. <laughs> My ex used to say like the Bonano family were just like the like the fuck up child. Like let's say the five family were like a group of children that a couple had. The yeah. bananos are just the the, fuck they were up, the you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah they were the one always getting caught for the shit. All the kids were bad kids, <laughs> you know.
1: Oh, not the bananos again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but all oh, bananos are in trouble again. Oh, big fucking surprise. Oh, the bananos have what? The feds after them? Big fucking surprise. Oh, the bananos have a fed working for them. Big fucking surprise. <laughs> that's, uh, but that's where I think he could have pulled it off, though, because you're talking. All right. So we're talking the era where like Sunny Red and Delicata is young. He's coming up. Uh, Sunny Black, uh, Nepaladian, or whatever his name is, he's young. He's coming up. Joe, uh, Joe Mazzaria, he's he's young, he's coming out. You got a bunch of shooters out there. I mean, like the the one thing I'll give Bananos is they got some fucking hitters, man. Like yeah. <laughs> there, there's there's no, there is no like they have some of the bloodiest hits ever done. I mean, think of think of the hit from that's depicted in Don Grosco, the Three Capo murder. That's a massacre. That's a that's a technical massacre. If Three people die. It's considered a massacre. Yep. So, I mean, they got that. They got – I mean, the Carmine Galante hit everybody was partnered up with, but you got to give that to the Bananos having the final say in it. I mean, it's, they, it was their boss. You know what I mean? So, they get the final say in that one. And I don't I don't know if anybody's had more bullets pumped into them than Carmine Galante. There was no love loss for that. So, I mean – Oh, no, so that, that was uh, bad, wasn't it, that one? <laughs> that, was broad, that was a problem. I and Banan- said man. that,
1: we, we, we say the Bananos <laughs> – but a part of the Banano is one of the – the family is one of the best families, I think, that was out there, and that's Rizzuto's from from yeah. Canada. And yeah, I do. You, you, you're very much as well, Robin, you, with with the Rizzutos. I mean, I think that was a great. Again, when I'm not, I'm not glorifying what they did. I'm talking about in the basis of organised crime. If there was an organised crime league table, that I would put the Rizzuto family quite high up the fact that they were murdering and they were involved in rackets is neither here nor there. They were a mafia family and that's what we're talking about. I just don't want people to think I was trying to glorify them then, but they yeah, they, they are very I'm much. I think they're, they're a fantastic like family. Fuck
0: it. Fuck it. I'm sick of it. I am glorifying it. You know what? It happened and there's nothing you can do, but kind of embrace it. Like it, it's amazing that people got this far and large. Like it's, it's terrible that it happened, but it, I mean, it happened. So like, yeah, if you want to say I'm glorifying it, yeah, I, I probably am in, in some context. But, like, it's just because I'm so like, fascinated that a bunch of criminals can get together and be like, hey, we're going to pull this off, guys. I tell you, <laughs> some of us aren't going to make it. A lot of us aren't going to make it. Uh, we're all either going to end up dead in prison or turning rat. I'm talking to you, Henry. And, like, <laughs> and I, but I mean, but we're going to make crazy amounts of money while doing it. Because think about it. The Rizzuto's, when you talk about the Rizzuto's, Controlling biker gangs isn't easy. Like I, I didn't come up around organized crime, but like I, I do know a, a handful of bikers, and they're a wild bunch, man. They don't like mm-hmm. to be told what to do. They're not going to answer to too many people. You're you you're really going to have to have a an intimidation factor that goes beyond their own. And like their own is, they'll go into any bar, any club, any anywhere, anywhere and shut it down. You know what I mean? Like they'll go in with ball peen hammers and mag lights and steel toe boots and the, they'll kick the shit out of everybody in the place you know what i mean so for the Rizzutos to be able to control a, a biker gang and then I'm i'm pretty sure it was the uh, montreal hell's angels it wasn't even just mm-hmm. any biker gang it's like in the the blue blood series it's the just depicted as like just some random biker they don't yeah uh, bad blood thank you david they don't, uh, yeah no the first season was i don't know about that second boy though david i can't yeah. back it i can't I can't get on the second season's back. That first season, though, that was bang up. It was. But, But yeah, and and real
1: because, Rob, you're very much, as well, Rob, innit? You're very much a fan of the Rizzuto family.
2: Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Rizzuto family and Mm. and the way they did things. I mean, they were literally a billion dollar business and know a lot of- but what of um, well, well they would
1: they would de- de- do you mentioned the hell's angels in but it's like they were dealing with street yeah. gangs they were they were dealing with cartels from Colombia, from uh venezuela where where his dad was nico yeah, um, but they didn't
0: have the cartels on lockdown i'll never i can never say that for the mafia nobody no mob family anywhere ever had the cartel family they worked with on lockdown no. if shit, if shit went south tells would definitely send shooters to whatever borough, okay. whatever stretch, whatever Cleveland. They were Kansas business,
1: teams.
0: though. I they, think it, yeah, but it, they did good business together, yes.
1: Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. If you make money, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day.
0: But the Rizzutos sort of kept the Hells Angels under control. Is what I mean, I'm sorry, Rob, but, like, I really got, well, I got to rant it. about this one because, like, they kept them – like, they they kept like the Rizzutos would keep the Hells Angels go. from, like, wiling out too hard in Montreal itself. Like, they would go – they would go to Quebec, they would go to fucking Toronto, they would go wherever they wanted, the Montreal faction, and they would, I mean, they would do what they do, they're Hells Angels. But, like, in Montreal, it, it kept them sort of polite, if you will, and that's that's sort of a, a big feat, you know, for a mob family to be like, hey, keep it civil, where you like, like, mo- most of the time, a biker's not going to hear anything from anybody, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, keep it civil, I'll show you civil. You get hit with a fucking ball-peen hammer, bro. You go down right there, you know? I mean, and a lot of them, a lot of them are okay guys too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not like, I'm not knocking bikers. Like, they're the same guys that like, if you come up in their community, like, they'll fix your sink for you. They'll fucking, oh, your your engine, you having trouble with your car? Like, oh, let me get up under there and see what it is. But if if you're just something that doesn't matter to them, if you're in their way, if you're whatever, if you're like something that they got to get past, they'll get past you. But they couldn't get past their zudos, and that's, I mean, that, I mean, that says a lot for me because, like, I mean, okay, Philly, for example, the Pagans Motorcycle Club. Actually, uh, I forget his name. I think it's J- Jimmy something. He was a Pagan's motorcycle enforcer, and he shot two of Nicky Scarfo's guys who said that he was going to have to pay tax to the mafia for running ice in Philly. And they they sort of like they half kidnapped him. They put him in a car, and or no, he kidnapped them, and they were driving. He's in the back seat, two of Nicky Scarfo's men, and they pull across from a cop, and they're like, "What are you going to do now, tough guy?" And he shoots them both in the head and goes to and goes to jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true story. And that's what I'm saying is the Rizzuto's never had that problem. So obviously they helped make the Hells Angels enough money, but also like put that intimidation factor on enough that like everything was everything, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Rizzuto was able to convince them all that, you know, working together there's so much more money to be made than to keep going to war. And then when they, when every one person's trying to take over it all, you know, the cops that they have on their payroll will start distancing themselves Mm. because they don't want the turf wars and all that. And uh, Rizzuto did a very good job at keeping that status to a minimum and controlling everybody. I mean, if he had a problem with someone, he'd take them out. And look who who he
1: basically was brought up with, the um, uh, Contrera-Caruana family. Uh, I mean, they were huge back in Sicily. Uh, They were part of that... um, what was that aruba that um the island of aruba they would be huge um deposit of money they had there or something i can't remember the story of the aruba thing but i know that the contrera uh, caruana mafia came was huge and obviously that is and, and i think being sicilian as well i think bringing in the sicilian way into canada worked um and i think again vito epitomize the Sicilian values of the, the, of Costa Nostra in the way that he went about his work quietly, but in such a, a, a well, obviously, uh, in, in such a, 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 a brilliant way because it
0: worked. No, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Vicky Troni was a powerful 100%. guy. 100
0: All these guys, we, uh we got into the bananas 50%. and went to the Rizzuto stretch. So, uh, <laughs> Leading back from the whole Sicilian coming back blim- to the Gambinos, coming back to Gambino, but it's all—I mean, it's all right. It's what it's all about, boys. I mean, eventually we'll do a Rizzuto episode down the road, and people will be at least half informed. They'll be like, yeah, no Rizzuto, that guy. Yeah, no the Hell's Angels. Ian talking about the Hell's Angels for like 15 minutes. Yeah, this this guy's apparently a somebody. Like, I mean, like it's all—it's all good. But getting back to Gambino, in the mid stretch of his uh, like power run, I guess, so he takes over in 57. So let's say we're around 60, 61, 62. He, he marries his son off to Tommy Lucchese's daughter. I don't mean to say it like that, but that's pr- pretty much how. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Thomas.
1: No, Francis is the daughter. Thomas, and, uh, she was Francis. Yeah,
0: Thomas. Oh, the, da- the daughter. Yeah, did. sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, the, the, the Thomas daughter. Gambino yeah. and Francis, Francis Lucchese, they marry. And so the garment industry and in, in the airport hijacking yeah. uh, rackets, Gambino and Lucchese sort of link up on and they have on lockdown and uh, along with that Gambino began making like a lot of powerful political connections I mean I guess he always had but I mean he to me it like they say Frank Costello's who is supposed to be uh, Vito Corleone like just because of the time frame it's depicted in it and all that but I, I really think they were always taking a lot from Carlo Gambino, with a lot of things. That's just me personally, but especially with the extravagant funeral, to where there was like twenty two hundred people. That's that's Carlo Gambino. That's you know what I mean. Like, mm. David, when you do that, hmm, I know you disagree. So what is it? What do you have? To no, say?
1: no, no, I agree. No, I'm green. I agree.
0: <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, mate. I just it, it's I what, agree. when I hear your <laughs> hmm, when I hear your hmm, I always think like I'm like well. <laughs> I am trying to be polite
1: and I'm listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now No, interrupt mate. Come in and be like bollocks saying hey, that's bollocks. Hey <laughs> No, I
1: agree. I agree with you. I, I
2: yeah, no, I agree. I
0: don't know, it just
2: Now going into the nineteen Go ahead, Rob, you,
0: you moving us right along. Nineteen seventies yeah. Gambino. What what's he doing? What's he up to? He's getting old.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Colombo just takes over as boss, and um, then he starts at Civil Rights League, American, Italian-American Civil Rights League, and he was drawing so much attention to himself that Gambino had to keep going to him, saying, you know, you you've got to ring it in, you know, drop all this, and, you know, Colombo just, Colombo just wouldn't do it, and at even one point, they got into a screaming match, I don't, well, I don't know if it was a, Mm-hmm. I think Gambino kept his cool, Colombo was, uh, was, you know, real pissed off and yelling about it. Yeah. And that's why they say, you know, Carlo is behind the Columbo. Hit was, wasn't um,
1: Joey Gallo was, you know, it's murdered it's crazy, over that? Yeah, didn't the Did Colombo family think it was him?
2: Yeah. Yeah, they believe it. I, they thought it was him. And I think, I don't know if it was, because um, a lot of people do think it was Carlo, that set up the hit on him. But then we we know Joey Gallo also on him dead. So we don't know if Joey Gallo maybe struck first before Gambino could make his move and um, things. But the order I feel like Carlo approached Joey and, Gallo.
0: I mean, maybe not quite that simple. Neo Della Croce or, uh, you know, Charlie Wagons or, or somebody who would be in Gambino's like favored clan to approach Joey Gallo, approach Joey Gallo about that. And I don't know if it was like. I think it was kind of done with a whole like, hey, this doesn't come from the the commission, but this comes from Carlo. If Col if Colombo goes, you know, I mean, God forbid, if something happens to him, Carlo will favor you in the whole commission hearing about what should happen to you. However, it didn't go down like that. There was no commission hearing about what should happen to Joey Gallo. The Colombo family, like inner circle kind of was like, no, Joey Gallo's gotta go. He's a liar fucking billy. <laughs> That's just that's just one theory I have though. I don't know. I like I do feel Gallo is behind the whole setup. It makes sense. He's one of the few uh mob guys who's working with African Americans at that point. And so it's super convenient that what uh what's his name? Jerome. It's um Johnson who, killed, who actually Johnson? Jerome Johnson. Thank
2: you. Guys. Jerome no, Johnson. Thank you guys. Yeah,
0: he's the one who he's the actual trigger man on the Columbo hit on uh, Columbus Circle and what oh man I had that date too what was it when is it fellas I know it it
2: uh, oh. was well when he was,
0: what yeah, when
2: Joe Colombo yeah it was of Col- June uh, Ian
0: okay, yeah. okay all right. thank yeah, you thank June you, 1971 alright yeah. thank you so much <laughs> I lost that date
2: yeah and he didn't die mm. till years later that's
0: true I always forget that I do always forget that he does not yeah. die that day
2: but seventy eight, I think. Yeah, seventy eight. Yeah, he dies in uh, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, but you know, he was a vegetable. But yeah, nice so thing. he
0: clips him. Uh, Jerome Johnson's killed instantly. That was a. There, you guys ever see the picture where it's like a aerial view, and there's just guns all over the street? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a dude! What a photograph! Yep. Like it, it just speaks volume about like who Joe Colombo was. Like, look, I'm all about equal rights for everybody. But what like keeps getting me every time and like kind of like makes me laugh and I'm just, that's why I'm just like, nah, I'm an anarchist. Just burn it down. I don't care. It's because every time something good started and you trace back the people who started it, they're the worst people who should have started the organization. <laughs> they really are. Every single time, guys.
2: And what I wonder since Gambino, you know, they say Gambino allegedly was behind it. Let's say Gambino was behind it. Did he pick, did he pick uh, that day during the event to have him killed? Because he could have did it at any time, Kyle. Uh, he could have ordered the hit and had them do it any time. So I wonder, did, did he have them do it during the civil rights parade that way there? You know, it would send a message that it came from Carlo. You know what I mean? There's a, yeah, that, that yeah I, you know,
1: the way I, for me, the way I, I think that um, Gambino was involved um, which is quite ironic considering that Colombo saved his life um, or, or, or didn't have <laughs> the contract. Um, but I think that <laughs> I, I can see Carlo giving the job to Gallo and then putting it about that Gallo was the one that, that organised the hit. Because Gallo hated him, didn't he? So it wasn't difficult um, for Carlo Gambino to put the spotlight on Joe Gallo. Um so, and like you say, that, yeah, he was in with a lot of African-Americans then, so that fits. Um, but then the, how quick, uh, I don't know, I, I just think that, again, it, it was, it shows the planning and the ruefulness of Carlo Gambino, that um, he and because Gallo was dangerous. He was a dangerous person to have around. So why not <coughs> use someone that's quite dangerous to take out, someone that you need taken out, and then put it around. It was him, and the next thing you know, you've killed two birds with one stone.
2: <laughs> that is something yeah. good Oh yeah. would do, you know what I mean, as we, as we all know. Here's I do a feel the strategy. Columbus
0: Circle bit, though, my personal opinion, I think that's Joey Gallo. I think that's Gallo's, how do you want to say it, brazenness. His, his brazenness and his hatred towards uh, Joey Gallo's, why not kill him at his peak, he's at his peak. This is his thing. This is his, this is the thing that he's most proud of. Joe Colombo, I will give it to him. He was more proud of that Italian American Civil Rights League than he was of being a mob boss. It, I can give him that. Too much hate, I
1: wouldn't.
0: It was way too much. He, it's way too much. You're a mob boss, dude. You got, you got to rein it in at some point. Like, like it's cool, it's cool. What you set up, put some people in charge of it who are legitimate. They're they're carpenters, they're garbage men, they're whatever they are. They're legitimate guys. Like, you can't sit on that board forever you gotta you've got to give it to somebody legitimate he didn't want to do that because like i forget where i read somewhere that carlo even approached him about like i don't even care about the league i don't even care about the rally you gotta quit being the face of this fucking thing right mm. like, that that's a big thing of what it was is like keep the league i don't give a fuck about that joe like i don't care about that what i care about is you're in front of cameras 24 7 making us look bad you're out here just flapping your gums talking shit pro- picking in fbi buildings like what are you doing what are what are you doing joe like <laughs> But I think the Columbus Circle bit was Joey Gallo's sort of attempt to prove because I think he's it's all, if,
1: it's well, all theory. It's all,
0: yeah, it's all theory. It's all theory. It probably goes down way different than this. But for me, it's like the podcast Castellano hit. Why do you do something? Why why do you whack a boss in broad daylight like that? It's to let you know somebody's about to be the new boss. So yeah. when when Joey Gallo gets the nod from Carlo Gambino, he thinks, Oh, this is my time. I'm gonna whack Joe and Carlo's going to give me the nod at the commission meeting. I'm going to be the next boss. So I, I, it's got to be a spectacle. It's got to be a sight. People got to talk well, about it. a nod he was, was
1: expecting, what? though, was it, from Carlo?
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't a nod. Carlo didn't was like, he, go ahead, do this. In it,
1: Take him out now. It was, Gallo. Let's take him out. You've got the commission's permission. Because at the end of the day, Gambino <laughs> was the commission,
0: wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he was. I mean, he could have. But I also think Carlo would have went there and snaked him. I think he'd have went to the commission meeting and been like, look, I told him if, God forbid, something happened to Joey, he could, he could take over. I like the kid's brazenness. I didn't say go kill Joe. I never once sent the message that you take out Colombo. I don't know what he's talking about. He's crazy. Take him out. But I, re- I really do. I really think Carlo would have went to the meeting and, like, double-backed on him. I would have. Joey Gamble was a fucking psychopath.
2: Done. And I wonder if Gallo really thought he was going to get control of the family.
0: I do. I think he. I think he did, man. Everything I have read about Joey Gallo is like he had that. He had that same thing that Gotti he had. He had that brazen, like that God complex in his head. That like, no, there is no, there is no nothing. Like I, I am the fucking judge, jury, executioner. I am God. Like everything you read about Joey Gallo, that's all. That's all I can see in him anyway. Yeah.
2: I don't think bit, Dave's. I don't think Dave's dog agrees with you. <laughs> Kenny seems to though.
0: Somebody yeah. that now that, that movie. Yeah,
2: that
0: <laughs> I like, made it on Reddit and Twitter and Instagram and whatever we're on. Like kicking the dog was a joke before. They're like, "Oh, that Ian guy wants them to kick dogs." I don't want you to kick dogs. It was a joke. <laughs> no. Yeah, you gotta double back and explain that. Like, hey, I was only kidding, that was a joke.
1: If you can hear the nuclear power station in the background, that's the <laughs> kettle. <laughs> Honestly, what is it about kettles that during the day they they like they're fine, but like four o'clock in the morning? I know it's not four o'clock in the morning, but I'm just saying, they Of course, they had kettles.
0: Dave, <laughs> okay. are okay. any in don't- I don't know.
1: have you got kettles?
0: kettles yeah we got we have them but like my dad uses them i've never used a kettle in my life oh i actually i'm wrong i use the kettle to make shrimp tea once so you win you do win
1: ah cool that's gonna be off key now isn't it <laughs> all right. okay.
0: <laughs> no no it's all, it's all good but uh, no go and put the kettle on go and put the kettle on i don't know I got, i'll got. Uh,
1: uh, I, I get on, it
0: all right damn
1: Oh, so, so, we think that Gallo was the one that took out Colombo then on the understanding that Carlo Gambino was going to pass him over the, the, the family.
0: I, I mean, I think so. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, keep it that it's possible, Rob. I'll, uh, you'll, you'll be the voice of reason. I'll side one way, Dave will side the other.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, because we, we never know with these things. You know what no, There's no. our, oh, so many stories that it's impossible to know.
0: I don't know. I don't know story. anything about what's what I'm right? talking about. Just I've read
1: stuff.
0: I wasn't there, you know what I mean? Like I, I I can't go and be like, yeah, no, this is absolutely who murdered Albert Anastasia, no, because in 1957, my dad's not born yet, you know what I mean? So like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what do you boys got planned for today?
1: I was going to say what um, I to bring it back, kind of with the Gambino, but by using the Genovese family um, is um, when. Carlo, cause Carlo Gambino wanted uh Thomas Iboli to be the front, uh, to be the boss of uh Genovese family, didn't he, when he uh, uh Vito died. But who is it that took over? Um Katina for a while, didn't he? Was it Katina? Yeah, Gerardo, Gerardo.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah, Gerardo
1: Katina took over for a while, didn't he? But then he, he oh, got the jailed, heck? I think. Sixty no, seventy it would have been, wouldn't it? Because Vito died in sixty nine. Yeah, February sixty nine, Vito died. So it'd have be been nineteen seventy, I think.
0: So how did my- it come out that he that he became boss instead of the other guy? Je- uh, the Genevieve family is probably a weaker family, so like I mean, I'll, I'm going to pick your guys' brains on that. Like how like how is it that he uh sort of like surpassed whoever they they wanted to be boss? How'd that happen? I
2: don't well, think anyone, many other. Go on.
1: So I was, was going to no, say no. the when wanted got he dead, didn't he? Later on.
0: Yeah, the chin. Yeah, yeah, the chin wanted to kill guy. The chin. Tr- uh, the chin actually tried to kill Gotti. I thought they mm-hmm. they enlisted uh, Gaspipe Lucchese. Or not Gaspipe Lucchese? Jesus Christ, Gaspipe Casso. Uh, and he, uh, I mean, allegedly, this is all his sixty minutes interview, but he's pretty much like a serial killer, so you can only trust his word half. But I thought he said that with the car bomb, what they did was they actually Grand Theft Autoed this shit, and they had put a like a IED bomb on a little remote control car and put it under um, – who was it? Was it Frankie DeChico?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, they put it under Frankie DiCicco's car, thinking that Gotti would get in it. Blew it all to hell, and uh, it didn't work like that. I mean, I know they say Casso did it in revenge to having been shot prior to that, but I also – I don't know. I think that hit had a little bit to do with, you know, the whole rivalry bit that was going on mm-hmm. between the Chen and uh, Gotti. Because I mean, any enemy of my enemy is my friend, so I don't see why the Chen wouldn't be like, "Hey, Castle, you're a fucking psychopath. You <laughs> you want to uh you want to get in on this whacking Gotti thing?" And Castle being like, "Yeah, <laughs> you know." Like.
2: They also said it may have been, um, you know, because they say Gotti was supposed to be there that day and he was supposed to be the one who died, but maybe Chen did it. So, you know, that was the punishment, like some say, and um, mm-hmm. you know, taking out his underboss. Instead of taking out Gaudi, but I guess we'll never know for sure.
0: I mean that's a good I mean that's a good approach. What was it? Al Capone said you send one of mine to the hospital, I send three of yours to the morgue or whatever. Like whatever it was.
2: Well, oh, that's what that cop like, said in that movie.
0: I thought, Oh, yeah. is that Lennis? Mm-hmm. Oh, no shit. Yep. Well, I have a gangster ass line for a cop. That's my bad. That's my fault I'm misquoting. Uh, I'm gonna have to live with that for the rest of the day. But uh <laughs> But uh, no, that's uh, that's a gangster ass line for a cop, but yeah, no, I mean, nonetheless, though, I mean, that statement holds true amongst gangsters, most definitely more so than cops. I don't, I don't know how to cop said that, but I mean, it is the 1930s and shit, so, but uh, <laughs> no, for real, cops were just as ruthless back then, they'd leave you in the woods just as quick, they still will. I mean, for, <laughs> that's the biggest, that's the biggest gang there is, isn't it? I mean, really, like when we talk about organized crime and we talk about like we need to do an episode on like the government because. They they got it
1: on lockdown, guys. They really do. Mm. Um, I'll tell you what, talking about the chin, mate, um, just brought something to my mind about, because I know, Rob, you're kind of uncomfortable with the way that um, the chin kind of lived his life to keep out of court. <laughs> but then I suppose with Gambino as well, because they were going to um, deport him in 1959 and again in 1970, but obviously... He had his heart conditions, so therefore they couldn't deport him. I mean, yeah, he died of condition, his heart, in the end, but they were paying doctors sort of throughout the, the 50s, the 60s and the 70s to convince the FBI that he was he did have a, a dicky heart. But it does seem like, he, did he overplay that, do you think, um, having that dicky heart, or do you think he really was that ill and that's why they didn't deport him? <laughs>
2: I don't think I don't think he was that sick. Um, I mean I mean he was sick, but I don't think he was sick to the point where he couldn't be afforded. That just he knew mm-hmm. they wouldn't move him if he, you know, played the heart condition card and all that. Raymond Patriarca, boss of Patriarca Crime Family in New England, he did the same thing. Uh, every time they came at him, he would you know conveniently have a heart attack and have to go to the hospital. And he had a, a nurse or a doctor for a long time that would help him uh, get out of it. She even wrote a book, I believe. Yeah, oh, wow. I, I
0: agree with you though. Rob is like with the Chen though; it's different because like faking a heart attack and pissing your pants in public and walking around like a crazy person are two. Yeah. They're two different like selling points, you know what I mean? Like I can sell a heart attack, I can sell respiratory failure, I can sell, but like I can't walk around and pretend to be like something I'm not. I can't walk around and like jaw jack to myself and fucking wear pajamas and piss myself and then try to be this fear ruthless mob boss. Like no, I I, I mean. I don't I the Chen goes on my top 5 favorite bosses before anybody thinks that like I'm knocking him or dogging him or whatever. He he's definitely it was genius. It was it was one of the most brilliant moves I've ever seen in organized crime cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, cool, but
2: like the was... way
0: the way he played it though was like that I mean it was it was brilliant but it's just it no, it couldn't have been easy. That had to have been hard as fuck. Like I gotta live with my mother, but I'm married and I have a girlfriend, and I run a crime family. I gotta walk around like I'm crazy most of the time. Like they, uh, they got a lot of bugs on him by bugging cars that he would walk by because he got so good. at All I'm saying is he made the feds work. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, with it worked. Like, no, he made them work is what I'm saying. Like I love anybody who yeah. puts the feds to like a real like. Like God, he gave it to him on a silver platter as soon as they could figure out where to put the bug. As soon as he was five, he did a five-year stretch. God, he's got a, like a five-year run as boss before the feds are really like, "No, we got him. Like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna put him away forever." Like the chin's got what, like a fucking fourteen-year stretch? Well, he was hidden. For, he
1: was hidden for a while, wouldn't he? By a few front bosses. I mean, that was um that yeah. was one of the Fat smart. Ones. And that's why Tony Accardo come through as well, wouldn't it? Because he he kept having front bosses as well. Him and uh, Paul, um uh, yeah. Paul Rico. yeah, yeah, Paul Rico.
0: Yep, yeah all the way to Rico yeah. Both, yeah. both of them uh, did that with Giacana they put Giacana out there on the spotlight put him on the pedestal like he was boss but he still had to go to both of them to get fucking permission to do anything you ain't no boss man you're a fucking you're you're a front guy Sam Giancon is one of the I don't know I, I guess I should respect him a little more but he's one of like my my least respected bosses like, every time I see him I just think of, you're like a really ruthless kid like even though you lived to like a pretty ripe old age and stuff like that but you were like you're just like this really ruthless kid that these actual wise guys found. And we're like, yeah, no, we can use him. Put him on the pedestal, put him on the fucking, you know what I mean? Because like all the way along, he's just really kind of fucking bullied, I guess I'd say. I mean, he starts off as Capone's driver. and Capone's kind of hard on him. When he starts like working really in-, in tight with like Rika and Arcado, they're really hard on him. Like, it's just like a kid, like a dog that they're always slapping around kind of mm-hmm. really. I mean, every time I break it down and look at it, um, I see, I don't feel the same about fat Tony so I know i feel like he was put on sort of like the front line. But I they like also Tony Solano. On, One of my favorite bits is when he yeah, walks yeah. out in the corner. Like, hey, do, you, do you have anything to say for yourself? He's from England, apparently. And he's like, yeah, In fact, he's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Like, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome.
2: <laughs>
1: It just some of the some of the stuff I've read about Tony Salerno night, um the conversations I've I read a, um some some um wiretaps like right, that, that have been printed and some of the conversations, he's just old proper pro- he, he just re- he it just reminds me of um uh, another Don Corleone just sitting outside <laughs> and, coming up and kissing his hand. I mean Michael Francis, he he talks um quite highly of him, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he uh, Michael Francis speaks very highly of him. Michael Francis calls him the boss every time he tells a story. He's like boss of the Genovese family. Fat Tony Solano calls me in, and half of that's to boost your own story, but half of that's because you're, you know, the the chin might be the whatever. But like Fat Tony's who you went to see, and in my opinion, it, the guy signing my paychecks is my fucking boss. You know, what I mean, I've never looked at the owner of the company as as my boss. I've looked at, at the, the HR department or whoever signing my fucking paychecks. Payroll is my real boss. I got to keep payroll happy. I keep my fucking money. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and that was yeah. fat Tony Solana. So- he was the payroll, of the family, you know, he was,
2: he was basically the official boss, even though he wasn't. Cause like you said, everybody went to him. There's a recording of, um, Tony Corallo and his, uh, Jaguar. And he mentions about how they had a problem with somebody. And he's like, that's not my problem. That's fat Tony's problem. Go see fat Tony about that. So, yeah. like, you know, He was completely running it basically, just with you know, Gigante having the final say on everything and everything. Mm.
1: And he was going to the the commission meetings as well, wasn't he? He was still representing the family commission meetings. Fat Tony, I mean, I, I, you you kind of think that, um, he was, uh, and the chin was more caretaker than the other way around.
2: Yeah, I was always surprised at, like, how much he did do as, like, the boss. Because you would think the other bosses, they're going to want to hear from Gigante themselves. You know, he's <clears throat> distancing himself so much and has Salerno doing it all.
0: They were all embarrassed at his lifestyle, though. That's why I say, like, he's one of the, the the smartest bosses to ever live. Like I said, I, I put him in my top five, 100%. But, uh, yeah, he weirded everybody out, man. He, you're fucking strange. You are strange. I, wanted, like you-
2: I wonder how, how many – I'm sorry. I wonder no, how, you're many, good. Um, how, like, what the bosses thought about him for doing that. You know, like, what did Tony Corallo think? What did you know what I mean? Like, what did they all think about? Well, he done he it for
1: played? nine years, Rob. Surely they would have whacked guy him guy. if they had a problem. Yeah, surely. He, he, yeah. was it nine years he lasted for doing that, playing that game, or yeah. seven, yeah, nine years?
0: Ask him if it just weirded you out. Like, if it was like, no, he's doing his fucking thing. But like, we like dealing with Tony. Like, Tony's a good guy. Tony's a stand up guy. Like. The chin's fucking weird. I don't want to mm-hmm. deal with the chin. Like, no, we ain't going to go after him because he's so fuck. he appears so crazy that you're like, I don't want to go after him. Let him do his fucking thing. I'll and deal he, with- yeah, I'll he, the all all you know, the like- chin
1: done was Paul hit, he just bought the heat on himself. He didn't bring it onto the family, did he? Because he, he kind of, in a way, took it away from the family because they've become so <clears> obsessed <throat> with patching the chin out. That um, they did place a lot of. Uh, I think he was under twenty four seven surveillance, the same as uh, uh, Giancarlo was. And Giancarlo ended up taking the FBI at court, which wasn't the best move. So I think, in a way, yeah, I mean, the way he played it, uh, and for the length of time he played it, I think, had the commission had a problem with it, they would have they, they would have been taken out.
2: That's a good point. I I agree with you on that.
0: Because look I, I mean, mean you're, like, you're, I still you're, think that Costello would... does, though you like this is the guy who attempted to kill Frank Costello this an old school fucking guy this uh and he's not bringing heat on any of us like you said but like but why they were so accept- I'm just speaking on why they were so accepting to let Fat Tony sit in at the commission meetings uh deal with Fat Tony Fat Tony this Fat Tony that for the longest stretch until he gets put away from the commission trial he gets put away in the commission trial with other actual bosses because he yeah. was that he, he was the boss because I don't care if Chen's given a nod or not, nobody wanted to deal with Chen. It was the, way, I mean, yeah. was the way
1: well, I mean the way that Francis talks about him, um, he doesn't talk about I mean he talks talks about him like you say with reverence. He he doesn't talk about him as if he's a front boss. He talks about him as if he is the number one. And surely kind of the way that Francis would talk about him. Mm-hmm in a way highlight the fact that I suppose he was in charge.
0: Oh, most definitely. He most definitely had the family and like hierarchy, but I like, I know how you're to, w- with uh, Francis. Francis you're he's not going to mug
1: himself and, off and, and start. Oh yeah. I, I was dealing with a front boss really easy. I mean, he's not He, he and he, but what he says seems genuine.
2: That's yeah, what
0: I'm saying. Is he he's Two bosses names very highly in that documentary. And, uh, he speaks about Carmine the Snake, even though he's like, they didn't call him the Snake for no reason. He was a snake. He still speaks on him like you, you didn't want to cross him. He speaks on Fat Tony Serlano like he was a stand up guy. He speaks on the Chen kind of with like a, I wouldn't fuck with him, but like I didn't really view him as the boss. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like I mean, yeah, sure, the title dictates like what the job is, but like I deal with Fat Tony. Fat Tony deals with everybody in your family. Fat you Tony. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rob, go ahead, get in. get in. Say what you got to say.
2: Well, with, with um, Salerno, it's alleged that he was uh, Genovese's underboss at one point. Yeah. So Gigante wasn't even really underboss at that point. So I don't know if that was – he had him there as, you know, Gigante was the underboss and he made it look like, you know, Salerno was. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. See how
1: fascinating <laughs> this world is.
2: <laughs> yeah, so there's so many questions about behind um you know, Giganti's rule as boss.
1: I mean you well, um, where you are, Rob, in Boston, I mean the patriarcha family, that that um they were quite a kind of, I suppose, laid back, low profile family as well, wouldn't they?
2: Yeah, they were. They were pretty little back, especially when uh, Patriarchal was alive and in charge. It changed a lot after his death. His son took over, and uh, I don't know, it just clearly wasn't the same. Well, the,
0: the Irish mobs always seem to be like Boston's, like, pinnacle, like, what they want to talk about when they come to Boston. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, they were just as well known as uh, the Italian mob.
0: Weren't you connected uh, yeah, on yeah, that, the Irish
2: mob? What's that?
1: Didn't you have connections on both sides?
2: Yeah, I have. A, um, one of my uncles, uh, was with the patriarcha family, but not too much is known about him, so don't have too much details. And um, that's I'm what you want, isn't it? <laughs> <father>. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. And then on my mother's side, my uncle uh, William Wynn, was a high-ranking member of the Winter Hill Gang. He was one of the original eight, along with uh. James Buddy McLean and all those guys. And wow, he was okay. actually the one that was the uh, go between the you know Irish mob and the Italian mob in those days.
0: The motherfuckers ransacked the ports, man, in South Boston with uh trucks and shit. Like it, it was like another uh it doesn't get talked about as much, but with like uh, how Idlewild was or JFK Airport or whatever. Like the Irish mob did that with uh the South Boston ports. I believe just like just as frequently, just as often, two trucks, three trucks a day. You know what I mean? Like,
2: and can always bounce back between um, the Boston faction and uh, the Rhode Island faction. It was uh, Jerry and Julo was in jail, and he tried to take control of the family before Patriarch's son got control. But since he was in jail, I don't know if he didn't have you know enough influence enough power and enough men behind him but some others like uh jr russo he backed raymond Patriarca jr to be boss
0: hell yeah well speaking of uh people who held boss supreme until their death uh we're gonna wrap up the carlo gambino part two story i mean he pretty much like it and sifted himself into the mob so deep that he, I mean, he was never going to be taken off his pedestal. He uh, he would live until his dying days where he would die on October 15th in 1976. Uh, and where was it, Rob? Long Island?
2: Yeah, he was at his uh, vacation home in Long Island.
0: Watching a Yankees game, correct?
2: Yeah, I believe he was in bed or he was uh, He's in the living top. room in his exactly. recliner. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah you know, he.
0: Died. I. I got Carlos' death on lockdown because, like, I love how, like, peacefully he got to go out. <laughs> like, that's that's where I'll say I'll glorify it a little bit because, like, man, if you if you can live that life and only ever serve twenty two hard months, and you just die on your couch walking, watching a Yankees game from, I, I don't know, like it was a heart attack or something like that. And yeah,
2: heart attack. Not yeah, many people go out like that.
0: No, 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 no. Almost Castellano didn't get to go out like that. It'll be it'll be like fourteen years, and Castellano's gonna get gunned down outside a steakhouse.
2: And I,
1: considering the guy that Carlo Gambino was and how quiet he was, I think the strength of his relationship with Lucky Luciano um, can be seen in respect of Carlo Gambino reading the eulogy at his funeral when they flew the body back from Naples.
0: I did not know he did that, actually.
1: Yeah, he read the yeah. uh, he read the eulogy because um I've actually got um Luciano somewhere I've got the video Luciano's video uh the Luciano's funeral in Naples, but they they got permission to bring his body back to New York, and um, I think he's buried St John's Cemetery, is it? Um and Gambino uh, read the eulogy at his funeral, and that that goes to what? show you the strength of the friendship between them two because as I say, Carlo Gambino is a very quiet man.
0: Oh, yeah. He was uh, – what, what did he say? The What's the fox and the lion bit? What is it?
2: It had to be like a fox and the lion, yeah.
0: Yeah, where he's like uh, – he like, he explains it, too, how, like, uh, a fox, like, stalks their prey or something and a lion. He was – I mean, he was just a genius for, like, as far as, like, organized crime goes and all that. He's definitely my favorite boss. I'm definitely going to get the match mug mugshot Vincent Apera style on my left inner calf, and we're going to get a cult going. <laughs> but – uh. But it's been fun, boys. You guys got any last shout-outs you want to give us? I got to start getting ready for this end of summer party. I apologize. But we, we've done an hour and six, so we, we've we done our jobs, boys. But uh, any last things you want to say?
2: No, I'm good. But we apologize for the uh, – our equipment. Technical difficulties. Yes.
0: Technical difficulties like a <laughs> motherfucker. The feds, y'all. The feds are trying to shut down my show, and they're probably going to do it because they're the feds. So big shout-out to them. Big shout-out to the feds.
2: Yep. I think it's Big mi shot, five man. that's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Special Gorge. <gosh. laughs> oh,
0: well, we're gonna go out on that, boys. All right, I'll uh, I'll chat it up with you boys after this. I'm gonna let this download and share it. And uh, from everybody here at Wise Guys Hideaway, we fucking love you. Keep your chins up, and 2021's right around the corner. Be lucky people. Year. Hell yeah! Wait, everyone.